0: Join this social sports conversation. Follow TSN 690 on Facebook. Click on Facebook.com slash
1: TSN 690 Montreal. What impresses me with him is he can finish with both feet. Sometimes you see a lefty that doesn't like to finish with his right, and sometimes you see a right the player that would like to come back on his right and finish with his right. But, you know, the goal that he called last year, the two goals with his left against the AFC, is, is as good as I've seen, even as a lefty that will will try to, to 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 score in that first goal that he scored, the angle that he had, he has no right to score from that angle. So, hopefully, with the way we play and the way we like to put our striker in situation one v one and and open up teams, he can finish the he can finish the job for us.
0: Now, Mason Toy, Griggish slipping it forwards, the angle against him, but the ball now with Toy who scores. Can you believe it? Against all. Across the league, here come Minnesota again. Toy! Oh my words! How about him? He's given that everything and more, and even he can't believe it. Minnesota lead here. By two goals to nil, and Mason Toy grabs the headlines in Hollywood. Welcome back, Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri with you till noon on TSN 690. And a reminder: uh, we do have. I'll be back. Uh, I'll be back this evening in studio with Grant Needham. Uh, we will bring you the impacts match against the Chicago Fire that goes at 7:30. With our pregame coverage beginning uh, at 6:30. Uh, as you heard on the way in. That was manager Terry Henry talking about the newest member of the Montreal Impact, Mason Toy, and the two goals he scored in September of last year against LAFC. And then you heard those two goals. Uh, He also uh, had a brace at Saputo Stadium against the Impact, and he joins us right now from New Jersey. Mason, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Um, you grew up in Jersey and I think, you know, we've all heard by now that uh you got to see Terry Henry play live and he was, you know, one of your football idols. Uh what was that like the first time that you got to speak to him here since the trade? Uh nervous at all and and how did the conversation go?
2: Um, I mean you know, I was still a bit in shock just that I was getting traded and um and that, you know, I was gonna have to move up and, and move into a different country, but uh you know, the conversation was good, and he just explained to me uh, the style of play that they like to play, um, that he's excited to have me, um, and that, you know, he's going to have to come in and work really hard for the team. And, uh, yeah, I'm just really excited to get started with the guys.
0: Your favorite, Terry, uh, do you have one moment that stands out, Terry Henry Wise, from his playing days?
2: Um, there's so many that <laughs> I, I can't really pick out one. Uh, I have to say, though, it's funny. Uh his celebration that, that he would do with with Adebayor after goals, um, that's something that sticks out in my mind and uh that's something that I just loved about him is that he uh had fun with his game and, and he had so much passion but he just had such such a love for the game and, and he enjoyed himself out on the pitch. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean and you you kind of have that about you too, right? Like I remember seeing you up close at at Stad Saputo last year and you do the uh the invisible Maracas celebration. I kind of yeah. like that. Do you have anything anything you plan or are you going to stick with the Maracas here now that you're in Montreal?
2: Uh, we'll see. I, I I'm not sure. Um it's kind of a game time decision, but um but I don't know. I, I might switch it up, uh, you know, it's a new team, so maybe new celebration.
0: Impact Forward, Mason Toy, joining us on Saturday Sports on TSN 690 with Joey Alfieri. Uh, All right, take me through, like, what's gone on with you in Minnesota since last year, Mason? I mean, I I remember seeing you play and I thought to myself, like, wow, Minnesota's found themselves uh, a gem and I still believe that you have uh, a ton of potential, but why didn't it work out the way I think everybody hoped it worked out in in Minnesota? Why is it today that you're now a member of the Montreal Impact? Uh,
2: No, I mean, I think, you know, there's, um you know it 's just decisions that, that that the coaches need to make um and they made decisions with you know they thought was best for the team um and and that 's kind of that you know there 's nothing that I can do um you know they they have they have their opinions and uh they got to go with their opinions so uh you know i i didn't really argue with that you know I just kept trying to work hard and um it seemed like uh you know they didn't really have uh you know a plan for me and and they were kind of going in a different direction so mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Montreal now. I'm, I'm happy that I'm in Montreal, and again, I wish Minnesota nothing but the best um, in, in the future. And there's no hard feelings there, but um, but yeah, you know, I, I guess I needed to change the scenery, and um, I'm here now. I'm, I'm excited to, to to get started with the Montreal.
0: We heard the Terry Henri in that clip on the way in talking about how you're able to score with both feet. Like, how how much work have you put into to to make that part of your arsenal? Like, how 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 does that come about? How much work did you put in?
2: Uh yeah I mean it's it's something that's just kind of been in my DNA from from since I was a kid honestly whatever it was whether it was basketball or soccer or another sport um, you know I was lucky enough to have a a, a decent backyard and um, my dad invested in me and he got me a a little soccer goal in the in the backyard and after school that's what I'd do every day is just come home and and, and shoot before practice and then uh, after practice I'd shoot again so um, working on my left foot and my right foot and then it just translated into college and. The same thing in, in, at the professional ranks, just continuing, you know, work, working tirelessly before training and after training to, to just try to hone my craft and work on both feet. Um, and, and yeah, it's just, it, it's paid off in the games, but it, it all comes from just me practicing um, day in and day out mm-hmm. uh, to try to improve myself.
0: It's funny, you, you mentioned other sports. I read where you, you had quit soccer in high school to, to play basketball. What kind of a player were you?
2: Um, I was a shooter. I was, oh, yeah? I was a shooter. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that was my, that was my specialty. So, um, I had a basketball go in the backyard as well. So, um, when I wasn't playing soccer, that's, that's what I do would, would, was shoot, um, after, after school every day. And then, you know, some mornings I would go to the gym with my dad before school and, and we get shots up. So, um, yeah, I was, a, I was, I was a shooter for a bit. And, um, you know, then, you know, after a year I was like, you know, I really love soccer and I wanted to go back to it. Um and also it's a good thing I I went back to 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 us uh, to soccer because I thought I was going to grow to like be like 6'5 and that was not <laughs> perfect but um I'm I'm not that tall so maybe it, you know you never know it wouldn't have worked out with basketball so, but I'm happy I, I switched back to soccer.
0: Official uh, height and weight right now in quarantine?
2: Official height uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I haven't been snacking. Um, so uh, no, 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 I, I I'm, think I'm, I'm on weight.
0: No, no, that's not what I meant. I I just meant your oh, official. Oh, I I didn't mean that you were you were put on weight. No, you've been playing at a pretty high level for a while here. I just mean official okay. height and weight because I know Impact fans have been looking for that, you know, that big, tall, powerful striker. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. I'm 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 six two one eighty. I think I said I'm six three, but that's just from college. Um, you know they they give you an extra inch usually so um but yeah no i'm i'm 62 6'2". i'm 62 like 180 um 179 right around
0: there so he, he's Mason Toy forward of the Montreal Impact joining us on Saturday Sports on TSN 690 with Joey Alfieri. so what's uh, we talked about quarantine what's that been like cuz you're so you're not you can't play tonight uh against Chicago just because you have to follow the protocol right you should be available for mm-hmm. the next game but what's quarantine been like here uh for the last couple of days what are you up to
2: uh just a lot of a lot of phone calls to loved ones um video games uh listening to music uh, reading some books so you know and then just push-ups and sit-ups and foam rolling so nothing nothing too special um i'm just itching to get back on the pitch really but um i'm, I'm just happy that you know I, I only have a three-day quarantine so i'm grateful for Are that. you
0: a playstation or an xbox guy
2: I'm an Xbox, but uh, soon to be soon to be PlayStation. PS5. Uh, once once I can get my hands on a PS5.
0: When you play FIFA, do you play as yourself?
2: I honestly, I'm not I'm not a big FIFA guy. Uh, believe it or not. Really? So, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I you know I'm not a huge video guy video game guy um, anyway. But when I do play, it's uh, usually NBA 2K, and then it was uh, Call of Duty for a bit um, when we were in Orlando.
0: So you grew up, Did you grow up a 76ers fan? Is that right? Um,
2: yeah. So I, you know, when I, I lived in uh, Pennsylvania briefly, and uh, Allen Iverson was, was playing at the time, right. it, was, it was like his prime of his career when I was growing up uh, in Pennsylvania. So um, I was a, a Sixers fan, uh, you know, because of uh, because of AI. But um, I'm really just not. I, I'm not really a fan of any NBA team um, at the moment. I just I love to just enjoy the sports. Um enjoy the sport and, and just watch it and enjoy it. So
0: all right, before we get back into soccer, you wanna to explain to me how a kid from Jersey ends up cheering for the Cowboys?
2: Oh uh, that's all my father. My father is a <laughs> he's a big, big Cowboys fan, uh Roger, Roger Stallback fan, um and then obviously they did really well in, you know, eighties and nineties so um, yeah, that came from him. That came from him.
0: You can let him know that I uh, picked the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl uh, against the Chiefs, and uh, <laughs> one and two, I'm not feeling too good about the way that's going right now.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that's <laughs> been most of my most of my last time. The Cowboys haven't really <laughs> been good, so I'm um, used to it.
0: He's Mason Toy of the Montreal Impact joining us on Saturday Sports on TSN 690 with Joey Alfieri. So for those, for the Impact fan that's listening that says, yeah, you know, Mason, I've seen him score at Saputo Stadium, but, you know, I haven't really seen a ton of of Minnesota games. Just give us your your player profile, break down your game for us, and and how do you expect that your your arsenal helps you here with the Montreal Impact and is going to make you successful?
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean... uh... I'd I'd like to fancy myself as a a quick and and, and fast forward, Uh, somebody who likes to get in behind. Um, And, you know, I I like to score in in all different types of ways, Um, you know. And, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm a goal scorer. Um, I'm somebody who, you know, I'm unselfish, but uh, when I get in front of goal, uh, I want to shoot, I want to score. So uh, I'm somebody who, you know, is going to bring energy to the team, um, some creativity um and again i I enjoy my football so somebody's gonna enjoy and have fun on the pitch so i'm a goal scorer i'm I'm fast i'm creative and uh and yeah that's pretty much that pretty much sums up my uh my game pretty quickly
0: so you told us 6-2 i read last year uh where you wanted to work on on scoring off headers is that is that part of your game are you satisfied with where you're at or how close are you to being satisfied with that
2: uh no, there's still there's still a good amount of work for me to, to you know, improve on that. Um, you know, that's the, the funny thing is, um, you know, uh, I I really modeled my game off of, of, of Thierry. Mm-hmm. Um in in terms of that, you know, taking set pieces, whether that's wide free kicks, uh corner kicks, I, I did that all growing up. So I didn't really work on my heading too much because I was usually the person that was whipping the balls in. Um, and then when I did get the ball, it'd usually be on the ground. So if that's something that I've been working on uh, for the past couple of years, and uh, it's you know it's something that I, I need to continue to work on uh, with my stature. Um, but you know that's all parts of my games I need to all parts of my game I need to continue to work on. But that's definitely something that's in the, in the forefront of, of something that I need, I need to work on.
0: Mason, is there anybody on the team that you know maybe a little bit more, like anyone you've crossed with before?
2: Uh, yeah. Um, I I met Mar uh mm-hmm. a couple of times. He's he's uh he's a uh, really good friends with uh our left back uh, the left back on on Minnesota Chase Gasper. Yeah. They went to college together. So um when we came to Montreal last year, um I met him and and we chatted for a bit after the game. Uh really cool guy. Um but other than that, no, I I don't know anybody personally, but but obviously I know I know guys from around the league.
0: So I I know you mentioned you tackled this on the Zoom call with the media yesterday. Uh, you've got a couple of years left on your current contract, and then uh, clearly, I mean, you you have every right to have ambitions to go to Europe after this. But if if everything goes well, you know, if everything goes according to plan for you over the next couple of years, like, what's the dream? What's the goal? Like, where where would you like to get to here over the next two to five years?
2: Uh, I, I want to get to the to the highest level possible. Um, you know, playing playing in Europe. Hopefully, playing um, in European competitions, you know, Champions League, Europa League, um, and then playing for our senior national team. I think that's that's every every kid's dream growing up is to play for the senior national team and and also to play at the highest level in Europe. Um, and I know, you know, it's, it's going to take a lot of hard work and, and dedication. And um, yeah, but but I'm but I'm ready for that, and uh, that's definitely something that that I want to do and that I aspire to do. So um, yeah, that's that that would be if everything went perfect. Um, that would be. Where I' would be at in you know the next you know five years if you want to say it that
0: way Absolutely. thanks for doing this mason man we'll uh, we'll be watching intently uh, over the next uh, few weeks and a uh, couple of years as well and uh, wishing you all the best with uh, your new club and uh, when are you, do you know when you're going to be able to set foot in Montreal uh
2: I think after after the regular season is over um, I think that's that's when I'll be able to, to set foot in uh, Montreal so I still got a, a month and some change left. to to be in New Jersey but um, yeah I'm I'm excited to to get to Montreal and uh, just to try to get settled into my new home.
0: Thanks for doing this Mason all the best. Thank you. That's Mason Toy uh, newly acquired acquired forward from the Montreal Impact from uh, Minnesota Uh, I gotta tell you I, I love the deal Uh, I've seen him play quite a bit, just uh, flipping around MLS, as I usually do on a week-to-week basis. Saw him up close uh, once here at uh, Saputo Stadium, where he scored a brace, Uh, and uh, he's a whole lot of fun to watch, and he's just a guy that I think has uh, an enormous ceiling, uh, very confident young man, and I think this is a perfect fit. And the fact that, you know, I grew up in Jersey, uh, got to watch the New York Red Bulls up close, uh, you know. Terry Henry, as we mentioned, is a football idol of his, and now he gets to work side by side with him. And Terry Henry, I'm not sure <laughs> if you guys realize, but a uh, fantastic attacking player, one of the all time greats, uh, or one of, the, I mean, one of the greats of this generation, anyway, for sure. Uh, and now to get to learn from him, I really think that that's going to take. Mason's game uh, to a whole nother level. So uh, really excited to see uh, what Mason Toy brings to the Montreal Impact, and very curious to see uh, if they can get back to their winning ways tonight. With myself and Grant Needham on TSN 690, the pregame show gets going at 6:30. They'll take on the Chicago Fire. They need, I mean, they need, they need points. They need points, and I know that 10 teams are going to get in in the East this year, but. It's not a given right now that the Impact are going to be one of those 10 teams. Chicago uh, is feeling really good about the way they're playing right now. Uh, They've got some new players that have finally started to ramp up the goal scoring. So uh, it's going to be an interesting clash tonight. The Impact need to come away with a positive result. We'll see uh, if they're able to do that uh, on TSN 690. It sounds like a big-name former Montreal Canadiens goalie is about to be traded. I don't really get the move. I'll tell you why. This is Saturday Sports with Joey Alfieri on TSN 690. Welcome back. Saturday Sports, TSN 690. Joey Alfieri with you till noon. Uh, Plenty of uh, hockey talk. J.D. Burke of Elite Prospects will join us in about 10 minutes' time. He'll break down uh, some of the, uh, maybe the underrated prospects, who he sees uh, going at sixteen to the Montreal Canadiens, assuming... Uh, that the Canadians keep that 16th pick. And that leads us right into our Saturday sports question of the day, which you can find on Twitter at Joey Alfieri. And it's what do you think the Canadians and GM Mark Bergevin will do with the first round pick this year? Uh, Your options stay at 16, trade it away, move up in the first round or move back in the first round. And right now, leading the way by a very slim margin, by the way, uh, trade it away at 44.5%. Stay at 16 at 41.8%. I guess if we worded this a little differently and if I said, what do you want the Canadians to do instead, what do you think the Canadians will do? I think trade it away would probably be higher up on the list. Uh, But right now, what Fans expect is uh, traded away again, 44.5%, stay at 16%, 41.9%. So uh, nobody's really expecting the Canadians to move up. No one's expecting the Canadians to move back. Of course, uh, every one of these scenarios could indeed happen, right? Uh, so uh, we'll see. I still think that they're going to stay at sixteen. Uh, I think that uh, they're not. I, I know there's some people that think the Canadians, after what Mark Bergevin said, you know, in different interviews this week, and what he told Tony Marinaro, you know, saying that they're willing to trade the 16th pick. You know, that's one thing, but I don't think they're in a panic to trade it. I think if they stay at 16, if there's an offer that they're not sure about, you know, I, I think they wouldn't hesitate to stay at 16. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the Canadians will stay. Just, you know, I'm looking at the the players that they're looking for, the profile of player they're looking for. And uh, not entirely sure they're going to be able to come away with a goal-scoring forward who's young and still has term left on his deal. Uh, I don't think they're going to get that for the 16th pick. Maybe they make, you know, the a package move, but... Uh, I don't know, I feel like it's uh, you're tight, you're getting tight on time with the first round only a couple of days away., uh, but listen, a lot can change between now and Tuesday at seven o'clock. The Canadians at sixteen, you're probably looking at them picking around what eight, fifteen, eight, thirty depending on how fast uh, this all goes, especially now that we're you know, there's no draft floor. it's all gonna happen. Uh, in uh, so you know online so uh, yeah I'm uh, I'm curious to see what they do uh, texting us at eleven six ninety. Uh hey Dan from Kingston would rather trade uh, and not sign Gallagher than sign him for more than five years two hand surgeries a concussion problems five nine place six four thanks uh, Dan also says I would like to see Riley Smith in a Habs uniform at five million would look good with Suzuki and Yes, we mentioned it earlier on in the show. Vegas, uh, they need to make some moves uh, because they've just apparently reportedly signed Robin Lehner to a five-year deal worth $25 million, and that move would put them just over the salary cap right now, and it gives them uh, $12 million in goaltenders between Lehner and Marc-Andre Fleury. Something's got to give there. Not sure if they're going to be able to find a taker uh, for uh, the last two years of Fleury's contract. at $7 million per season. Didn't have a great year uh, and he's 35 years old, so uh, they might have to eat some salary there. Uh, mentioned maybe Paul Stastny is one of the guys they look to move. He's at $6.5 million. There's one year left on his deal and a modified no-trade clause. Uh, so I think he has to submit. Yeah, according to Cap Friendly, he submits a 10-team no-trade list. Uh, but that's the problem with a lot of these Golden Knights. Uh, Mark Stone has a no-move clause. Uh Pacioretty has uh, modified no-trade. Stastny has the modified no-trade. Carlson has a modified no-trade. Riley Smith has a modified no-trade. And Jonathan Marchessault also has uh, a modified no-trade. But, again, modified no-trade is better than a no-movement clause, Uh, but uh, we will see. Uh, I mentioned that the Canadians, or one of their former players... Uh, Goaltender Devin Dubnik uh, sounds like he's on the way out in Minnesota. Uh, There's, you know, all the insiders have been all over this. It's been a really poorly kept secret. Uh, But Dubnik was kind of, you know, dealt with injuries uh, out in Minnesota. Alex Stalock. Uh, got the brunt of the work in the playoffs. Uh, Dubnik, 34 years old, has one year left on his deal at $4.33 million, uh, and it sounds like he's heading to San Jose. I know Ryan Donato's uh, the forward for Minnesota. He's also been linked uh, to a potential move, so I'm not sure if they're both going to San Jose uh, or if it's just Dubnik, but, I mean, the Sharks are already an aging roster, and I saw where a general manager, Doug Wilson, mentioned that they... Uh, all their guys are finally healthy, and it's the first time since they've had Eric Carlson that he's at 100%. But man, like they've got some older bodies. And look, it's again, it's kind of like the Jake Allen thing for Montreal, where he has one year left on his deal. But Dubnik's play has dipped, he hasn't been healthy. And to go into a season, listen, I know you're stuck with Martin Jones. Uh, as your 1A or 1B and Dubnik comes in and he's probably going to be your 1A or 1B. Uh, trade's not done yet. It sure sounds like it's going to get done, uh, but it hasn't been done yet. But I don't know, a tandem of Jones and Dubnik, it's just eh. And it's going to cost you uh, over $10 million. Again, I know it's going to be a condensed season, and I realize that you're going to need two goalies to play, and that's what teams are realizing uh, as well. But... I don't know. I'd rather kind of take my chances with some of the names hitting free agency uh, than you know, take a shot on uh, on uh, Devin Dubnik. Uh, Aaron Dell, by the way, uh, the other goaltender in San Jose, he's scheduled to become uh, an unrestricted free agent on October 9th. So uh, if the Dubnik deal gets done, I'm assuming that Dell uh, will not be coming back. But uh, yeah, a lot, of, uh, lot going on. We knew that the goalie landscape uh, was going to be uh, shaken up here. Over the next, uh, you know, during the offseason and over the next few days. Uh, but we've seen Robin Lehner sign a five year, $25 million extension with Vegas today. Uh, Brian Elliott, the backup in Philadelphia, signed a one year, $1.5 million deal to stay in Philly. Now, Dubnik might be on the move. Uh, there's a bunch of guys, uh, Corey Crawford and uh, Braden Holtby, and a few other guys who are going to hit the market free agency on October 9th. So the goalie situations, they could look very, very different. Uh, in uh, less than a week's time. The Montreal Canadiens own the 16th overall pick in the NHL draft on Tuesday night, and GM Mark Bergevin, as we mentioned, has already said the pick could be on the move. But if it's not, the Habs have several quality options to pick from. Who might the best player available be? J.D. Burke of EliteProspects.com will tell us. This is Saturday Sports with Joey Alfieri on TSN 6.9.
3: I think, yeah, I think obviously it's a, um, you know, it's kind of a weird situation, but um, I feel like when you're playing hockey and you're, you know, you're focused on winning and all that stuff, it's pretty easy to just focus on that. And obviously, the draft, you know, it's kind of in your head. You're kind of thinking about it, and and and, and it's approaching real quick. You know, it's in three days. When I arrived and shooked me at training camp, I was like, oh, okay, it's in a while. You know, I have time to um, to get back. And now it's it's there, and it's going to be a fun day. But um, as I mentioned, you know, we were really focused on on getting our our first win yesterday, and we have another big game tomorrow. But after that. Um, Of course, uh, the draft will probably be my number one priority.
0: That's uh, Hendrix LaPierre, who joined Saturday Sports with myself, Joey Alfieri, in the first hour of the show. If you missed that or anything else, you can go to tsn690.ca or you can subscribe uh, to our podcast as well uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts and wherever uh, you listen to your podcasts. You can uh, leave a positive rating as well uh, if you like. Positive comments, always appreciated too. Uh, but we talk prospects right now and uh, with the NHL draft set for Tuesday night. was very curious. I mean, we've heard Mark Berger say that the 16th pick is in play. But what happens if they stay uh to break that down and so much more uh we go to uh my buddy j d Burke out in Vancouver uh who works for elite prospects j d what's going on man thanks for uh thanks for getting up for us
1: yeah no worries it's uh i mean getting up this early on a saturday it's it must be draft time uh, <laughs> you know it's it's my favorite time of the year we're just a few days away from the big dance here and you know it's it's been a lot of work getting to this point as one might imagine. Uh, and and really just hoping I can survive to make it across the finish line. It's uh, it's a really fun, exciting time to be a hockey fan, and uh, just waiting on bated breath for the actual day to come and and to see what happens with the first round of the NHL draft.
0: Yeah, and it's just so. I mean, it's just always unpredictable. But just given the pandemic, and I mean the. The queue started last night, and we heard Hendrix Lapierre of Shakutami on the way in. He had two goals to assist last night uh, in a 5 2 win uh, over Shawinigan. Uh, I don't know how much you can improve your draft stock with, you know, two games before the draft, but he's clearly one of the more polarizing prospects. Uh, Right. Like he, he's one of those guys that he's boomer bust. And the injury last year, I mean, we talked to him about the injury and he says, you know, it wasn't concussions. It was a neck issue. It's all behind him. In your mind, uh, where do you see Hendricks LaPierre winding up? Is he a first round pick? Do you think he's in the first half, the middle? Is he in the back half of the first round? Just how do you see this player?
1: Well, my uh, my co-host on the Elite Prospects podcast, Craig Button. I mean, if he had his way, Lapierre would go in the top five. I, I tell you. I mean, he's a, he's a big believer yeah. in his game. Uh, David San Louis, who writes for us at EP Ringside, actually just put out an article on on Hendricks Lapierre. Uh, you know, he's a really fascinating prospect, and, and and something of a Rorschach test. It kind of feels like, right? I mean, there are people. Who who see the the world in his game, right? Like they they have no problem labeling him the highest upside bet in the entire draft. And of course, Craig Button is the <clears throat> the the great example of that. I, I find myself somewhere in the middle with him. I think he's a clear first round talent. I think that the upside bet is there absolutely, but I think the red flags are also somewhat problematic. I mean, here here's what Hendrick Sjolier does exceptionally well. He's got great puck skills. Uh, he can stick handle in a foam in a booth, he can work his way through an opposing defense, uh, and he can create a ton of offense off the rush, and I think when he puts all those packages, or all those those skills together in a coherent package like he did at the start of the scouting season at the Holenka-Gretzky Cup, it's really special to see. I mean, he can he can pull you out of your seat, and he, he really, I think he pulled everyone out of their seats at the Holenka-Gretzky and uh, in Breslav in the Czech Republic, but you know, there's still some concerns among our staff about the fact that there isn't a ton of diversity to his game. Uh, you know, I mean, if if you're only a playmaking threat, that that makes it easy for defense, uh, the opposing defense, to read your your game and, and to figure out how to limit your offense. And and the fact that he couldn't really get to the middle of the ice as a as a puck carrier was something that stuck out for us as well as is slightly problematic. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where I think the biggest question ultimately with Lapierre is is how healthy is he going to be and, and how is his health going to hold up long term. I mean, if, if his report on his, his supposed concussion issues, which is that it was a neck problem this entire time, holds true, then I, I, I bet you NHL teams are going to be happy to take this kid in the top 20. And and I have no problem with, with that sort of pick either. I mean, the center position... It's it's one of the most valuable ones in the NHL. Teams place a real premium on it, and and he's got the potential to be a top of the lineup center at that. So it makes sense. Uh, you know, would I use a pick that high on him? I probably find myself uh, more more interested in using a pick closer to twenty five, maybe thirty on Lapierre. I still think the risk is something that one has to account for at that point in the draft, but. I mean, there's there's no denying the potential that he could become a really dynamic playmaking center at the NHL level, and if you can get that even in the middle of the first round, you have to be feeling pretty damn good about yourself at that point.
0: Mm. Here's a little more Le Pierre from earlier on in the show.
1: Like, after a while, you know, I, I was training
3: and all that stuff, and um, I felt extremely good, but the only thing was I had, like, headaches for, for, for a little bit in the morning and all that stuff, and the symptoms were kind of weird. Um, they weren't, like, my first and only concussion that I had, and so... I told my my agent and, and my team about it, and they were like, okay, well, you know, we, we know a couple of players that maybe that happened, so we can check your neck, make sure everything's all right. And um, and right away, when we saw the specialist, the saw the X-rays and the MRIs, it was like, all right, your neck, you're, you know, there's something wrong. We have to check that. All it's pretty, pretty, pretty simple to treat. Um, so that that was really good news. But yeah, I feel like um, just because you know I had headaches, we thought it was we thought it was concussion. I feel like it's it's kind of the normal thing. But um, after a while, I was like. That can be a concussion, honestly, because I was able to practice, go on the gym every day, and um, I was feeling good. But there was just a couple things that were off, and now everything's good.
0: Uh, we also talked about his teammate you know going through the draft process with uh, a guy like Dawson Mercer, the winger who played for uh, you know was a, was a depth player for Team Canada at the World Juniors last year. I know uh, a lot of people, I think Craig Button in his latest mock draft, I think he has Montreal taking Dawson Mercer from Shakutami uh, at 16. Uh, how do you feel about about Mercer, and do you think that's a potential landing? You know Is that a guy that Montreal would do well to snag at 16 if he's there?
1: Oh, I mean, if if he is somehow available at 16, I mean, Montreal has to sprint up to the podium and, and uh, you know, keep sacrificing uh, <laughs> stuff to whichever whichever hockey god keeps letting this happen. You know, you get Cole Caulfield one year at 15, if you get Dawson Mercer at 16 the next year, I mean, uh, that is just the ultimate sign of, of goodwill from the hockey gods. <laughs> I mean, Dawson Mercer is such a gifted puck handler. I mean, we were talking about Hendricks Lapierre, uh, I mean, Dawson Mercer might be one of the few players who can challenge him as, as the most gifted, natural uh, playmaking centers with hands in, in this draft. I think the only real concern that, that our our staff at Elite Prospects uh, has about his game is, you know, is the pace there? Does he skate well enough? And, and these are concerns that have kind of followed Dawson Mercer uh, throughout his junior career about his long-term projection. But, the, the thing that we kind of come around to with some of these prospects is Dawson Mercer, because he doesn't have that elite skating gear, he's had to learn how to work around it. And I think it's a real testament to his, his intelligence as a hockey player. It's a testament to his adaptability that he's found a way to kind of hold down one of the most important positions in the QMJHL and not just hold it down, but, but excel as a center. And, and I think that it's one of those things where you can teach a player to skate. It's not always something you take for granted, right? Like, I'm in Vancouver, and we had uh, the, the, the Canucks had Brendan Gauntz in their system for, mm-hmm. for like, almost a decade. Yeah. And it was always the question was, can he skate well enough? And sometimes players can't figure it out. But I think that the difference here would be that Dawson Mercer does enough well outside of the context of his skating that he still has – all the tools necessary to be at top of the lineup center, somebody who's so creative with the puck on his stick. Uh, defensively, he plays with a high, high motor. He's always pestering the puck carrier. Uh, you know, I, we're really big fans of Dawson Mercer's. I, I think that he's somebody who's more likely to go around 10 than he is 15 or 16. But, I mean, that, all that says to me is if he is available to the Canadians, uh, Bergevin's got to sprint to the podium to make that happen because between... Between Mercer and Caulfield, I mean, he's got the nucleus for a first line of the future. It's not going to be the fastest first line, I can tell you that much (laughs) right now, but they're still going to find a way to produce all the same.
0: He's uh, J.D. Burke of Elite Prospects joining us on Saturday Sports with Joey Alfieri on TSN 690. That that skating thing is is funny because like you mentioned there's some guys who can you know figure out their way around it but I remember uh you know when the Nick Suzuki Max Pacioretty trade went down you know that was the big thing was like oh yeah Suzuki you know top 15 pick but you know is he going to be able to you know to skate well enough to be an impact player at the NHL level and look he's never going to be a a speedster or a blazer but man he does so many other things well that you can kind of overlook the you know the average to above average skating
1: yeah, yeah, no, it's it's true. I mean like the there's there's one scout I talk to often who says there there's no two qualities that are more overrated in in, in hockey scouting circles than size and skating. Really. Right? And it allows a lot of people to make some really bad mistakes at the draft table. And you know, I, I'm I'm glad I'm doing Montreal radio and not Edmonton right now <laughs> because I think about <laughs> Philip Robert going in the top ten last year yeah. and I say to myself there's a team that overrated size and skating. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think it's, I, I'm not quite as bullish on that quote. Like, I think at a certain point, if you can't skate, you can't play. Like, I, I'm I'm a believer of that maxim. Like, you need to be able to keep pace. You need to be able to, to go at, at least an NHL average or slightly below average level. And, and this is maybe a little bit inside uh uh, baseball. But I, I remember Timu Polkinen, you know, he put up over a point per game for, for several years in the AHL and, and everybody would see him clear waivers and they'd go, geez, when is this guy going to get a shot? Yeah. When is he going to stick with the team and get a real opportunity? And eventually that opportunity came and he couldn't keep, he couldn't keep pace. And that was the, the death knell of his career, right? Like it's, it's one of those things that you really shouldn't take for granted uh, you know, I mean, as much as you shouldn't overrate it, I think that should be of equal concern. So uh, it's it's definitely kind of a, a bit of a nebulous uh, part of the job, figuring out who does it just well enough to make it and who doesn't. But I don't think it's something that one can overlook entirely.
0: So, uh, look, we know that Alexi Lafreniere is going first. How do you see it shaking out between two and, you know, five or six?
1: Oh man, that's that's a fascinating question. I I don't even take for granted that Alexi Lafreniere is going first overall. Like, Come on, I, I think that one. Could, really? Well, I think one could. Yeah, I think one wow. could make a really compelling case for uh, Quentin Byfield. So here's here's the breakdown for me. Yeah. Alexi Lafreniere is ready to play NHL hockey. He can step into a lineup for next year, and you can reliably expect about 50 to 60 points out of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is the safe bet to be the best player in this draft. The upside that Quinton Byfield presents long-term is really unique. I mean, you're talking about somebody who can be Taylor Hall at center. Uh, Just there's so much power, there's so much speed, there's so much uh, puck skills. In, in Quinton Byfield's game, I mean, he's a really special talent. He needs a year outside the NHL at the very least after this draft. You know, whether he goes across uh, the Atlantic to play in Europe like a lot of prospects have, uh, or, or even returns to the OHL, there are some parts of his game that need a little bit of work. But I think that the play there is that if you hit, like if, if Quinton Byfield is developed well, that is something that you cannot find in free agency. That's something that you cannot trade for. That is a type of player that you have to draft. And his ceiling is perhaps the best of any player in this class. And you look at the New York Rangers, and this is why it's interesting. I think for, for pretty much 25 other teams, it's Lafreniere with a bullet. It's no question about it. But look at the prospect pool that the Rangers have. They don't have the reinforcements coming at center. They have reinforcements at every other position. They're flush on the wing, they're flush on the blue line, they're even flush in net. The only thing that is missing from this rebuild is that elite center, that, that one player who can take over a game. And for, for all the plaudits that I have for Mika Zubinijad, I don't know if he's that player. Quinton Byfield has the potential to be that player. And that's why I think that they're a really interesting team to hold the first overall pick, and I would be exploring trading down if I were in Jeff Gordon's shoes, so I don't take for granted that they're going to, to, to go with Flash Uh, Now, how the rest of the draft shakes out, I mean, I'm hearing a bunch of different stuff. I'm hearing, uh, you know, for example, that, that the L.A. Kings have interest perhaps in drafting uh, Jamie Drysdale. But then I'm hearing as well from the people who are closest to the team that there's no truth to that. Uh, like Mayor's Manor, fourth period, people who are very well connected with the, the Kings front office, they say that, Uh, There's nothing to that and that that they're uh, deliberating on Stutzla or Byfield. Uh, You know, there's also a couple of of different considerations, a third overall, right? We're hearing that the Senators have a lot of time for Lucas Raymond's game, but I think their best play is to hope that uh, the first two picks go Lafreniere, Stutzla, and then they've got a chance at their franchise center, right, in Byfield. Uh, you know, I mean, Detroit's a real wild card. And just look at what they did last year as proof of that uh, with the Moritz Sider pick. Like, could they go off the board and take Yaroslav Askarov? I mean, if Steve Iserman thinks that that's what his team needs, I I wouldn't put it past him, right? It could be really fascinating to see how this top five goes. I mean, uh, between the positional needs of the teams that are in those spots, uh, what they have on their roster presently, uh, the, the the previous drafts that they've they've uh, put together, like I, I'm ready for bedlam, and I'm not just saying that because it makes for better content. I'm not just saying that because it makes my life far more compelling and interesting on draft day. I think we could see some really interesting stuff happen at the top of the draft.
0: All right, who, so. I don't know. Uh, you mentioned, you know. I know Craig Button has. Uh, we said it. Dawson Mercer going to the Canadians at sixteen. You don't think that's necessarily realistic because you don't expect them to be there. Look, anything can happen, like you said. But who do do you have somebody in mind, like a realistic option for Montreal? Who like who do you think is the best fit there?
1: Well, I, I think that somebody who uh, is is a really kind of fascinating prospect uh, that that I think would make Montreal very happy is, is Maverick Bork. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's such a gifted playmaker. He's so intelligent with the puck. He's got so much deception to the way that he, he distributes to his teammates, but the scouting community, like when I talk to scouts, they just sewer this kid. And it's, it's really bizarre because you look at his point production, 92% of players who profile as Maverick Bork does go on to the NHL to have lengthy, successful careers and And that that is an incredibly high number. That's what you expect from a top five pick uh you know and and he had to do a lot on the Shawinigan cataracts with very little in the way of help. In fact, the only other teammate I would rely on to to put the puck in the back of the net was another center in Vasily Ponomariov, so those two weren't exactly playing very often together uh you know there are questions about his skating, there are questions about his pace. But in terms of his intelligence with the puck, I mean, Maverick Bork is somebody who really presents as having top six center upside. The the question with Maverick Bork from a lot of scouts is about his motor, you know, how much effort he puts in on a shift-to-shift basis. And it's not an unfounded one. I get it. But we had access to some data from our friends at Instat Hockey, which showed Maverick Bork was playing more ice time than every first-year draft-eligible skater not named Alexi Lafreniere. So if he was conserving energy, that's pretty reasonable given those circumstances, right? Uh, So he's somebody who I would identify in that spot. We've got him at number 13 on our board. I suspect he's going to drop all the way to perhaps even 20, 25, 30. I could see him outside of the first round entirely. Uh, You know, another player who I think would make a lot of sense for this team and We know how the Canadians have been trying to address their their center position for a very long time here. Bork was a center. Um, Brendan Bresson is somebody I've got a ton of time for in that spot. He's got elite hockey sense. And you want to bet on upside? The place you go is hockey sense. And he's got it in spades. Uh, Everybody has their own recipe for hockey sense. It's like Borscht. But uh, whatever your recipe is, Brendan brisson has got it. He's also got one of the best one-timers in the class. That's
0: Pat Pat Bresson's son, right?
1: That is the son of Pat Brisson, That yeah. is correct, and and he sets uh, he almost set a World Junior A Challenge scoring record this year. His one timer is just I, I'm telling you, man. Like if you see it live and in person, it brings you out of your seat. Like the angles that he can get his one timer off at, like it's it's impressive. His wheelhouse is huge. It's as big as the entire Bell Center. Uh, you know, I'm telling that he has first line center upside. And alternatively, uh, you know, if they want to keep building their blue line and add mobile pieces uh, there, I, I think Caden Gooley, you know, uh, will he be available to them in that spot? I'm not so sure. He's incredibly physical. He put on a hell of a performance to start the year at the Holinka Gretzky and just mm-hmm. kept getting better. Uh, he, he's he's he got that edge to him, right? Like, you you want a defenseman who's physical, who snuffs out the opposition. Uh, Caden Gooley does it with a smile. And he's <laughs> he's a ton of fun to watch for that. Uh, Helge granz he just scored as his first SHL goal of the season today. Yeah, uh, I think that he is somebody who's really underrated, could be a, a top-four puck-moving defenseman. Our Swedish scout, Christopher Hedlund, uh, likens his game a little bit to, to Nils Lundqvist, uh, particularly in the sense that he's got to develop more confidence with the puck and really kind of uh, assert himself, be less deferential. But if he does, I mean, the, the skills are there. He could be a really impressive defenseman. That, for me, would be the short list if I'm Mark Mark Bergevin.
0: J.D., thanks for doing this, man. Can you just let our listeners know uh, where they can get the Elite Prospects draft guide if they want to do some homework before Tuesday night?
1: Yeah, of course. I'd be happy to. So you just go to EliteProspects.com. If you search for the draft guide, I think it's EliteProspects.com slash 2020 draft guide. You'll be able to download it. You only need a, a subscription for one month. We'd love to have you for much longer, of course, and I think with our draft coverage, we just might win you over. But uh, we understand times are tough. If you can't make it work, you get one month subscription, you get the draft guide, and, and you can bounce from there. Uh, $9.99, it's over 1,200 pages with exclusive access to analytics that aren't found anywhere else, whether it's the microstats from Instat or, or Jeremy Davis's proprietary analytics that he created himself. Uh, we got game reports on over 400 players from this class. Uh, I, I'm so proud of this product and the work that we did putting it together. And, and I really hope that some of your listeners will uh, take a chance to check it out. It's it's really impressive. And if you want a preview, uh, you can go to eprinkside.com. And if you go on the sidebar there, uh, you scroll down to Popular Articles. Preview the Elite Prospects 2020 Draft Guide is the fifth most popular one. So you get a chance to look at what you're getting. And uh, I'd encourage everyone to check that out. So
0: uh, yeah, there it is. Thanks, J.D. Appreciate it. And if the Rangers come away Tuesday night and they have Byfield instead of Lafreniere, you're getting a major shout-out, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) I really
1: appreciate it.
0: Thanks, J.D. All right. Cheers. That's J.D. Burke of EliteProspects.com. Breaking it down for you, the uh, the Montreal Canadiens, if they stand. Uh, Pat, at 16, he likes Maverick Bork. Uh, I'm looking at... uh, the uh, most recent or the final mock draft from Craig Button, Uh, and JD mentioned it, uh, just uh, for whatever reason, a lot of scouts, not fans of Maverick Bork, and uh, Button doesn't even have him in the first round, so very fascinating to see what the Canadians do uh, and who's available if they do stick uh, at 16. Uh, All right, it's Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Uh, We've mentioned that uh, Robin Lehner has signed an extension, Brian Elliott, back in Philadelphia for one year. Uh, There's been uh, some trade chatter with Devin Dubnik going to San Jose. Another goaltender, a big name, has re-signed uh, in the NHL, and there is a star quarterback who will not be available to his team this weekend because of coronavirus. We'll tell you who that is on Saturday Sports with Joey Alfieri on TSN 690. Sports with Joey Alfieri on TSN 690. We've got a couple minutes left, uh, and we do have some breaking news uh, across the sports world. Um, goalie, Listen, goalies have been resigning. We knew that the, the goalie market would be flooded, uh, but there are guys that are resigning. Uh, according to Frank Saravalli. Uh, it's a five-year, $25 million uh Uh, extension for Robin Lehner in Vegas. Uh, Brian Elliott signs a one-year deal to stay in Philadelphia. That's for uh, $1.5 million. And uh, just moments ago, we know that uh, Pittsburgh's goalie situation has been... uh, cloudy to say the least the penguins though have signed tristan jari to a three-year deal worth three and a half million dollars per season of course they are trying to move uh, matt murray so tristan jari in pittsburgh the next three years and uh, just moments ago huge breaking news in the national football league we haven't been able to talk much nfl today uh, but want to get this in there the new england patriots have released a statement late last night we received notice that a Patriots player tested positive for COVID-19. The player immediately entered self-quarantine. Several additional players, coaches, and staff who have been in close contact with the player received point-of-care tests this morning and all were negative for COVID-19. We are in close consultation with the NFL as well as our team of independent doctors and specialists and will, and with their guidance, we'll follow uh, regarding our scheduled trip to Kansas City and game against the Chiefs, the health and safety of our team as well as our opponent, are the highest priority that's from the New England Patriots they're scheduled to play Kansas City at 425 tomorrow and uh, according to Adam Schefter and Field Yates of ESPN the player that has tested positive for coronavirus is quarterback Cam Newton he's definitely not playing tomorrow uh, so Brian, Hoy- Brian Hoyer, Jared Stidham uh, will be your options. But uh, also, according to Yates, the expectation is that Chiefs and Patriots will not be played as scheduled tomorrow at 425, according to a source. So that's going to be a developing story. Uh, not sure if that huge AFC clash is actually going to take place now because Cam Newton tested positive for COVID-19. But wow, that's... Uh, that's major. We already know that Tennessee-Pittsburgh uh, had to be moved because the Tennessee Titans have just been absolutely ravaged with COVID cases. I think they're up to seven players now and a bunch of uh, uh, coaches and employees as well. So, man, and uh, this is an interesting—it feels like with the NFL, we're, we're at a crossroads here. It, uh, things are starting to ramp up COVID-wise. Of course, they're not in a bubble and uh, major league baseball went through this major league baseball managed to get themselves into the playoffs does the NFL you know do they have the same you know are they going to be able to get through that are they going to be able to get through this um this this batch of testing this round of testing or more teams going to have to miss games, and are they going to have to reschedule games? Is the regular season going to be extended uh, to make up some of these games? I don't know, but I wonder if the Titans are going to be able to play the Bills next week. Are their guys going to be healthy enough for that? And I mean, what what happens now? What happens now with the New England Patriots and Cam Newton going down uh, this week with coronavirus? We'll see if that game ends up being played again. It's, it's going to be uh, the Patriots and Chiefs tomorrow, scheduled for 425. And uh, looking at right now, again, this is a developing story. Adam Schefter uh, tweeting just seconds ago that the Patriots game is being postponed, is expected to be played Monday or Tuesday, per source. Uh, Schefter adds that Tuesday is more likely. So uh, breaking news in the NFL, if you haven't heard, Cam Newton tests positive for coronavirus. And so he's definitely not going to be available for this this game against the uh, Chiefs. Uh, but the game might not happen tomorrow at 425. It sounds like it could be played on Tuesday. Uh, that's all the time we have for Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to Hendrix Lapierre, top draft prospect, Uh expecting to go in the first round uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, We don't know where he'll end up, but he did tell us that he's had some good conversations with the Montreal Canadiens. Thank you to Mason Toy, a big forward acquired by the Montreal Impact from Minnesota this week, and also JD Burke of eliteprospects.com, uh, breaking down the draft for us. You can find all of those interviews on the TSN 690 website. And if you want to listen to the entire show, uh, you can sign up and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us uh, Saturday Sports on TSN 690 on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe, leave a positive comment, and a five star rating. Thank you very much. Have a great Saturday, everybody. A reminder the impact. Back in action on TSN 690 tonight against the Chicago Fire. Pre-game show with Grant Needham and myself gets going at 630.